God is good. And we are expecting, praise God. Amen? Thank you, Father. Last Wednesday we talked, and we're talking again tonight about true prosperity, and we read out of Genesis chapter 22, and in the passage that we read, we saw that Abraham and Isaac came to a place where the question was asked, where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will provide. And God named the place, God will provide. Amen? And we talked about knowing that God is the provider, but we confessed and declared that God is my provider. Amen? Amen? We believe God is our provider in every way. God is my provider. Everybody say amen to that. He is is our provider. Not, Not just he will provide. People can believe that the devil knows he provides. Right? The devil knows he's a provider. That's not enough. I've got to know that he provides for me. In every way. You know... I've been, I've been in this walk for a good number of years, 40 plus years. I've been in this walk. And, and I've seen God. God is my provider. I'm not just saying that. He is my provider. I've seen him provide time and time and time again. I know who he is and what he does. As a result of that today, there's no question in my heart about it. There's no fear If I see something that is not enough, I'm not moved by not enough because he's more than enough. And he's my provider, and if he's my provider and there's more than enough with him, then there's always more than enough. Always. Doesn't matter what it looks like, there's always more than enough. Sometimes we can get off uh, in different ways. You can get real comfortable in where prosperity and provision is concerned. You can get real comfortable when... All your needs are met and you're you're living in abundance. Um, God wants us to know he's our provider when we have more than enough. Um, There's a passage of scripture in Deuteronomy 28 that encourages us to, in that time of provision, not to forget that it's God who blessed us and empowered us to prosper and and to advance. Not to forget. There's a a warning clause in connected to that, to realize that when you have more than enough and you get comfortable in that place, to not lose the excitement and the expectation that God wants us to have in our hearts that He is our provider, no matter what. I'm telling you, we live in a world, in a, in a society that in the natural realm, if your faith and trust is in the natural realm, overnight, the rug can be pulled out from underneath you. People see it all the time. Even in an economy that we're living in right now that's probably the strongest economy that America's lived in ever. I'm I'm talking about ever. In the 200 and, what is it, 41 years that we've been a nation, probably the strongest economy ever that we've ever had right now. Even in this strong economy, in the natural, something can be there today and gone tomorrow. But who's forever? (laughs) 
He lives in, forever lives inside of me. He's on the inside of me. He lives forever. He is that he is, and he's my provider, and that's where my faith is. Amen? And in different seasons that I've walked through when there was more than enough and not enough and questionable in certain situations, God always wants me using my faith and wants me trusting him no matter what it looks like in the natural so that I don't put my faith and trust in something that will let me down. God's teaching us that. And I promise you, everywhere you look, somebody or something will let you down. He'll never let you down. Amen? That's our God. He is my provider. Can you say amen to that? He's our provider tonight. Um, How many know that God is your healer? Yeah. How many know that God is your deliverer? Right. Tonight we're talking about what real prosperity, and, and we defined prosperity last week as advancement, something that we advance in. Prosperity is not just in dollars and cents. And actually, the, the monetary part of prosperity is like the end result. But true prosperity starts from within, and that's what we're looking at tonight in a number of different scriptures. And, um, <clears throat> and again, there's times, and I'll just say this, and, and then I want to look at Luke chapter 6. There's times when we have a tendency to back off from our excitement in who God is in our life. Tonight we're talking about that he's our provider. And and, and I can say there's at times that I have, but I'm more excited this year in 2018 and have a huge excitement and expectation for 2019. And I I really believe that we're we're in, in a time where God is doing something because what we believe in, and how many know that when you believe in something, you can get excited about it, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many years I believed in the San Antonio Spurs, Woo! and man, I got excited, huh? We got, you know, I should have a ring myself, you know, on, on every hand. I mean, we, we won five rings, and I'm telling you, I believed that, I believe, you know how I really believed in? I believed in Tim Duncan. I believe that, that Timmy could do it. He could make it happen, and we won five championships. And I'm telling you, I got excited about it. Right. Who in here have ever, ever been in debt? You've ever been in debt at all in your life? Just raise your hand. I'm not asking you if you are today or not. I'm asking you, have you ever been in debt? Amen? Who in here could get excited about being debt-free? God wants us to be Free from debt. How many could get excited about projects around gates of the city that you could sow into and see those things happen and come to pass? I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. My wife and I have been sowing into projects that we're doing around here for a long time. And every month, and, and actually sometimes multiple times in the month, we're excited about sowing into that. How many can get excited about being a blessing to other people? Oh my gosh, when you see somebody else in need, that you're able to sow into that and bless them because that's God's plan. It's God's plan. True prosperity starts with not receiving, learning to be the giver. Long as heaven and earth is intact, 
Bible says in Genesis, long as heaven and earth is here, so is seed time and harvest time. But notice, harvest time's not first. First is seed time. There's no seed in the ground. There's no harvest coming. There's no expectation. There's no excitement. God wants us to be excited about our seed. God wants you and I excited and expecting based on the seed that we have in the ground and the expectation of seed that we're sowing in the future. That's just God's way. It's not my way. It's His way. If it was my way, I wouldn't have to put out any effort and I'd just be sitting around receiving everywhere. Right? But now I've learned His way and I'm more excited today than I've ever been of seed time and harvest time. True prosperity is understanding both of them. Because I promise you, you have to learn how to receive. Luke chapter 6, and um, actually I was going to look at verse 38, but back up a couple of verses. Well, just look at verse 37. Well, yeah, let's look at verse 32. Okay. He said, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And in other words, unsaved people. And uh, I mean, how many, how many unsaved people... Have you seen do some amazing things in this nation? I mean, especially in the last few years. Huh? And I won't even mention names because maybe they're saved, but they don't appear to be saved. But man, they've done some great things for people. Man, they've inspired me. There's some people out there that are doing some amazing things unless they're lying and their website's lying and all that kind of stuff. Unless that's happening. I mean, they're doing some amazing things. How much more? How much more should the church do? Because because if we're excited about seed time and harvest time, then that's where we want our investment. Uh, We're investing where God says to invest. And we're seeing it as something that is producing in our life. Can you say amen? He said, um, and if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return and your reward. He didn't say there wasn't a reward, but your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. He didn't say your reward would be great in heaven. He said your reward would be great. See, my expectation isn't what I'm going to give and then what someone's going to do for me. No, no, no. I'm giving. I'm doing what God says with the expectation of the reward that goes with it. God will make sure reward and harvest comes to you because he said, long as heaven and earth is intact, so is seed time and harvest time. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. You ever said this? Man, it's like nobody's ever nice to me. And I just promise you, if, you'll, if, you're, if you're willing to look behind the iron curtain of your heart, you'll find out you've sowed a lot of ugly. Because if you sow kindness, 
Seed time and harvest is in motion already. It's not something that you, you sow and then you go looking for it. It'll find you out. If you sow kind, kind will find you out because God is not a liar. He can't lie. It's impossible for God to lie. If he said it, it's so. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful just as your Father is also merciful. Judge not, and you'll not be judged. Condemn not, and you'll not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, uh, will be put into your bosom. For with with the same measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you in return. Now, As I I was reading this uh, a while back, God pointed something out to me regarding this. When when he gets to verse 38, he's, he's culminating a whole mindset about prosperity, about advancing, about receiving about seed time and harvest it's all coming together right here because if you go back and start with where with where we started he went through the list of how you have to love people and not just people that do good to you how you have to not judge other people because if you judge what happens you reap judgment Right? If you be merciful for other people, because if you're not merciful, if, if, if you're impatient and you have no kindness whatsoever or long suffering for other people that make mistakes, man, you're going to reap the same stuff. See? So he, he gives us all this instruction first and then comes to the verse give and it shall be given to you. The reason that a lot of people give and they don't see harvest is because they don't see the verses before that. I'll just tell you this. You only have one enemy. What's his name? Satan, Satan, devil, jerk. (laughs) I mean, you know, he's just one guy. One guy. He's got a bunch of helpers, but he's one guy. He's your only enemy. You don't have any other enemies. Josh is not your enemy. Okay? Randy's not your enemy. Veronica and on down the road here. A human being is not your enemy. So he said we get to love our so-called enemies that appear to be enemies. We get to love them and do good to them no matter what they do because my harvest is not contingent to how they respond to what I do. Well, I was nice, but you know... their attitude, man, that facial, that, that look, they, man, come on. You just ruined it. See, now you're moved by what someone else does. See, I get to love people that appear to be my enemy, and I am on the, on the receiving end of what love produces. Wow. There's no end to it. It's a way of life. It's a standard. We're talking about true prosperity, 
Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give into your bosom? According to the measure you meet, it will be measured back to you. If, if, where do we start? In verse 32. Love those who love you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that? If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that? If you lend to those who lend to you, what credit is that? In other words, you're, there's no harvest there. Right. See, when you're, I mean, there's a little bit, but there's not much. Right. See, but when, but when you love your enemies and do good, lend hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and your sons of the Most High, for he's kind to the unthankful. That, that's who God, see, God's kind to those that we think are our enemies. Never underestimate what the blood of Jesus has done for another human being. So, Josh comes by one day, if I had a dog, and he kicks my dog and hurts my dog, and I'm mad, and he's the enemy, and I'm ticked, and I, wanna, I want revenge, and I want to do all these different kinds of things. He says here that... It doesn't matter whether Josh kicked your dog or not. I died for him. My blood was shed to liberate his life. I get to love Josh in spite of what he's done. And I'm just using that as a simple little example. You have to work that out. You have to come to a place where you really believe this is true. Man, I used to pass these scriptures over. You can ask my wife. I want to jump to the given. It shall be given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason a lot of people give and they don't see return is because they don't see this. Love's where it's at. I'm talking about it on Sundays, and I'm just telling you right now, love is where it's at. Love is where it's at. He said, judge not. You'll not be judged. Condemn not. You'll not be condemned. Forgive. Notice, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's a pattern. It's something that you develop and you learn. And as you learn it and you walk it and you walk in it, it produces this fruit of giving and it'll be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's, that's the God of abundance. That's the God of more than enough. That's the God that when you realize he's, he's already prepared it all and it's all out there for us, what, our, what we've got to do is learn these other things. And when these other things are intact and they're being developed on the inside of us, then we're on the receiving end of everything that we've given. You say, well, you know... I still haven't given a lot financially, but have you been sowing kindness? You don't have two nickels to rub together. You can sow kindness. And you know what kindness will produce? More kindness and more generosity and you sowing more in another area and another area and all of a sudden abundance begins to come into your life and you start sowing in the, in the financial realm and it produces, but it starts with this. Right. I promise you, we're not playing this uh, cash register exchange game with God. 
you know. Well, I'm going to push a few buttons and sow a few little seeds and throw a little money in the cash register, and then it's going to open up with millions. It's, we don't play that game with God. That's a game. Huh? We're talking about a lifestyle. For true prosperity to happen, it's a lifestyle. And it starts with loving those who appear to be your enemies. Can you say amen? John chapter 10. Am I doing okay with this microphone? Am I dropping it? Where did I tell you? John 10, that's right. And verse 10. <clears throat> the thief... <clears throat> The devil, the enemy, does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Who's saying this? This is in the red. What life, he, he, he says here, I have come that you might have life. And how, how is that so? Because he gave his life. Hmm? If he gave his life for you, do you think that he would have any problem giving you money? I mean, he gave his life for you. If you need a car, do you think he has any problem giving you and making sure that you get the right car? He gave his life. He's already prepared the way for us. I'm telling you that the, the substance is not the problem. The heart's the issue. True prosperity starts internally. And I promise you, the one enemy you have is the devil. And every time he thinks about you, he thinks about killing you in, any, in every way. When he thinks about you, there's your enemy. You have one enemy, and every time he thinks about you, he thinks about killing you, what's the other word? Stealing from you and destroying you. There's no killing, there's no stealing, there's no destroying in God. But every time he thinks, your enemy, every time he thinks about you, he wants destruction to set in, in one form or another. And he wants to use other people to get in between and separate See, that's, what he, that's, why, that's why the commission here in Luke chapter 6 is to love those who are, quote, your enemies. No, no, you have one enemy. Listen, that's driven home in Scripture time and time and time and time again. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but what? Our enemy. Everybody say one. one. Hold a finger up. Not two, not 15, not all the neighbors that live around you. Hmm? There's one devil, and he's your enemy. And every time, and he's mindful of you, and every time he thinks about you, it's killing, stealing, destroying. But Jesus came that we'd have life and have it more abundant. Right? 
more abundant. One translation says super abundant. Super, more abundant that, that we can even think or ask for. That's what we have to get excited about. And I'll just say, a couple of, three years ago, I was struggling with excitement because of things that we had gone through in the church and stuff that had happened and all. I was struggling for excitement. But some of the things that changed and some of the deliverance that came as a result of attacks from the devil, they came when I got excited about God is my provider. When I didn't see it, but yet it's already there because he's already provided it. He's already made the preparations and the provision for everything that I need. I just can't overlook Luke chapter 6. Man, I, you know, early on in my walk with God, man, I'm reading that and thinking, what? I heard a guy preach on it one time, and I'm thinking, Early on in my walk with God, I heard somebody preaching on that passage right there, and I'm thinking, he's nuts. I didn't say it, but I thought it. That guy is nuts. That's, you know, that's for Old Testament stuff or people. or I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean I'm trying to justify it and trying to figure it out. But you've got to work it out. I, I think if I'm... I have to say, I don't think this is an exaggeration. I don't think it is. But I feel like I'm more excited about the fact that I want to love unlovely people. I'm more excited about that than I am about receiving finances. I am, I am so excited that I want to love unlovely people. You can ask my wife. I mean, there was times because of insecurity and stuff that I baggage I drug into my, my walk with God from my past life. And I'm not talking about in the first two years of my salvation. I'm talking about I drug it in for a long time. And the insecurity that was there and the fear that was there. And, and you know, somebody does something or says something to me and, you know, I, I'm not sure about it. And, 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 and so fear sets in and I, I can't respond the right way because I'm afraid. And I, I'm thinking somebody's trying to take advantage of me. No, 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 no. See, now, now, oh my gosh. I mean, I didn't know a person could be as free as I am of that stuff today. I didn't know you could be as free. I'm free. And, and I'm talking about me. Okay? I'm talking about me. I am free. I do not have to be moved by people that appear to be my enemy. I can love them to deliverance. You know why? Because every time you're talking bad about somebody, you have an attitude towards somebody that was created in the image of God, you know what I hear now? I hear God saying to me, Bert, I shed my blood for them. I don't need you working with the devil against them. I need you to win them. 
Sometimes with people, certain people, all you can do, not all, what you can do, at least in the beginning, is pray. I'm not, I'm not talking about verbally and going face to face with people that have done some ugly things that you're supposed to do that with every single person. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But you got the Holy Ghost and you can work that out. Because every time, no matter what anybody else has done to you, every time you put your mouth on somebody, you are sowing a negative seed that is producing harvest. And until you come to the place and the understanding that what you're doing is setting you up in the natural, in the monetary world, it's setting you up for lack. Until you get that, you'll stay in lack. You'll stay in this cycle. Oh, yeah. Just go like, a, like, a, like a hamster. Man, he, I mean, I mean, he's... he's uh, He's lo losing some weight, you know, but he's going nowhere. Huh? Looking good. Woo! -hoo! Huh? But he's going nowhere. And that's what happens. Until we learn this thing, you can give till the cows come home and nothing's going to produce because you've not learned how to love those that appear to be your enemy. And when we are not loving people that appear to be our enemy, we're actually helping the enemy's camp to win. And I mean, I mean, people that are born again and people that have some revelation and some light, they're even that much more effective in helping the enemy out if we choose to not learn these type of things, we have to learn it. We have to learn it. Amen? Romans 8 and verse 32. He who did not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? How shall he? A question is asked right there. How shall he when I do what he says? And the things I'm talking to you about tonight are directly linked to true prosperity, true advancement, overcoming situations. God knows what we've been through. God knows. God knows. It, Joey, if you, if you have insecurity in your heart today, God knows that. You think we're hiding that from God? If you've got fear in your heart about a specific thing, God knows that. Huh? I mean, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what we have to deal with. What matters is what are we going to do about it? It's not worth, because a lot of times, and I know because I dealt with this years, years ago, I dealt with it. So where there was insecurity and there was fear, there was this protection. I was trying to protect myself from anybody harming me or hurting me. And actually what I was doing was 
I was giving the enemy access into my life because of what my mouth was doing regarding other people. You know how, you know how a lot of times, and, and this happens like in jobs, a lot of times in, 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 in workplaces, where people will start gossiping and people will kind of feel comfortable. You know, they, they can I sit on your lap? Sure. Yeah, so so they, they, they can just, you know, we feel comfortable um, by talking bad about someone else. We feel like we're buddies. And then all of a sudden, this whole group over here is talking bad about somebody and we feel real comfortable. We feel like buddies. you're lying if you've never been a part of that kind of thing. I promise you, myself and all of us included, we've been a part of that. And and the more we talk about somebody in a negative way that's actually done something wrong, it makes us feel better. I'll just tell you tonight, not me. Now, you can ask my wife, and she'll tell you, I may drop it every once in a while, but I thank God, and I've told her, you remind me, you tell me, and she'll say, okay, I'm in agreement with you, you know, and I'll say, okay, you're right, you're exactly right, because I've told her, you tell me, I, I don't want to say anything about anybody, Amen. not anybody. What's it going to produce? If we're believing in seed time and harvest time, and the sower sows the word first. How do you sow the word? With your mouth. So word of God is sown or words of the devil are sown. Sower sows the word. So if I'm sowing in the natural and I'm trying to cover that up by sowing some financial seed? No. Not till I learn to sow the word and believe the word and be a doer of the word will the financial sowing produce. I'm just saying... I'm just saying, my best days are here right now. Right now. Because I'm not going to walk out of love. Somebody does something stupid, I can correct. I can bring a word of correction. But I was, I, I, at times... In my walk as a young pastor, I used to be afraid to bring correction because if I corrected somebody, they were going to leave. And I promise you, I brought correction to people at times that was not of God. What I said was true, but the way I said it was wrong. Because I was saying it out of fear. You can bring a word of correction to somebody, and it's up to them to receive it or not. But you can bring a word of correction because you're worked up emotionally. And that's one of the three wrong attributes of a good leader is leading in emotion. Eh, ain't going to happen. And if we lead that way and we bring that kind of correction, it never produces the fruit that, that it was intended to produce. Right. You and I were intended to love with no strings attached. And then, if I'm sowing a seed, I'm not sowing a seed trying to get a harvest. I'm sowing a seed out of obedience, knowing and excited and expecting the harvest that's already prepared with that. 
man, when I'm not sowing the word and I'm sowing other things and I'm putting my mouth on other people and I'm not loving those who appear to be my enemy and I'm not realizing I only have one enemy, I'm not doing that. And any financial seed or those type of things that I sow, those are contaminated. You ever planted something and it got some kind of an infection? <clears throat> we, we bought some, what's that one plant in the back we have? That that stuff was growing on it? Geranium. We, uh, we planted several geraniums. And in one of the pots there was this stuff on there. And all of a sudden we're looking out there and the leaves were just like all the way around the leaf. It was turning brown. And so we went out there one day and there was, a, there was like a worm, real fuzzy looking white worm looking thing that was on one of those. Really nasty looking. We cut that dude off and took him downstairs and put him under my feet. Amen? Crushed him. And now that thing's coming back. There was something that had attached itself to that. That's what happens with our seed, our financial seeds, when we sow those and we're not walking in the love of God. See, we're talking tonight about what true prosperity is. (laughs) Listen to me. You're tied to this place. Your best days are ahead if you do this. You have to do this, right? You have to do this. You you just have... Listen, I'm not saying you have to get this overnight. I'm just saying you have to receive this and learn to step it out and take every situation that you're confronted with. Okay, God, I don't know what to do. I'm frustrated about this. I don't like this situation. I don't like what this person said. I hate what they're saying right here, their attitude and all these kind of things. God, show me. He'll show you. He'll show you how to walk in love. He wouldn't tell you to do something and then not empower you to be able to do it. Impossible. Not going to happen. If he told us to do it, he's already prepared the way. Amen? He's already prepared it. So, I don't really have time to hit my last major point. So what I'm going to do is a really good point. So you know what you have to do to hear it? You have to come back next Wednesday. But I'm going to give you something to think about. Look at Matthew 6 and verse 24. So I'm going to give you the first part of it. Go read the rest. of It's from verse 24 to the end of the chapter of Matthew 6. <clears throat> Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one or love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, I've never said this before, so I'm going to leave this with you, and then we'll, we'll discuss it next time. I'm going to read another verse before we end, but <clears throat> I was going to go through this whole thing. But here's the deal. In the light of what I'm talking about tonight, <clears throat> he said you can't serve God 
and let mammon be your God. You can only serve one and be recipient of the other because mammon is material wealth. You look in the Greek, it's defined <clears throat> as material wealth. Actually, let me read what it says right here in the Greek. Not there. There. So the word, the word mammon is mammamos. I guess that's the way you say it in the Greek. And it is... It's having confidence in your wealth. You can't have confidence in God and have your confidence in wealth. Is that a good point? Um, anyway, uh, there's other things it says right there, but I, I like what that says. You can't, you can't have... Confidence in your wealth. So he said, what he's saying is, God himself is the master and he's a good master. Mammon, wealth, and your confidence, putting your confidence in wealth as being a God is a bad God. It's a bad God. Wealth is a bad God. It's, it's a good substance, but it's a bad God. God is God. Remember like you have one, there's only one enemy? Well, there's only one God, and he has to be God so that the wealth and the possessions can actually just appear for us. Do you know how many things in the Bible, in the stories in the Bible, how many things appeared in the moment because God told them to do something. We've read a lot of these stories this year. God told them to do something, and when they did it and they went there, there it was. It didn't just appear and manifest. It was already prepared. Right. It was already there. Your provision is already there. Our healing is already there. Right? But for the provision to manifest, for things to come to us the way God made it to come to us, the way he made us to live here, we can't put our faith in wealth and we can't see wealth is the ultimate goal that we're going to be set free and delivered of whatever it is that we're facing. Because when you put your faith in something else other than God, when you get there to the highest point, how, how, many, how many athletes that have ever won the Super Bowl or the NBA championship or the World Series or whatever, how many athletes have talked about, man, I thought that was it. And I got there and I'm going, okay, huh? All the banners are gone and... It doesn't matter whether you won most valuable player or not. You're standing there, and if, you, and if, you're, if God wasn't God and your sport was your God, major letdown. I can't tell you how many professional athletes that weren't saved, that won like a, a couple of guys I know that won Super Bowls, and now they're saved, and they said, you know, I can remember that, that, that night. All kinds of things happened, and it was so great, and so much money and so, so much publicity and all this kind of stuff. And then it, nothing, gone, finished. That was it. It came to the end. But there's no end with our God. I mean, there's never going to be an end, 
right? So we can be excited about advancement in our lives, no matter how good something is today or how difficult something may be. He's already prepared the way, and God just wants you to stay connected with Him. There's, there's different obstacles and things that come our way when good things are happening in our life to try to convince us to put our faith in that and we don't really need God and we kind of lose our excitement with the things of God and we lose our excitement with the Word of God or there's times when we're down and under and I mean we begin to think if I can just get to that if I can just make this amount of money if I could just find the job that's going to produce for me all those things are good but if you invest the investment into God through His Word and he becomes the God and he tells you what to do, then when he tells you to do something, he's already prepared it. See, people have ideas in their head and they think, well, okay, God's going to do this. God, you got to do this for me. Well, okay. I mean, you know, there, there was a time he gave Israel a king and they didn't need that king. They needed David, but David was just a kid. See, and so they wanted a king and he gave him a king and it destroyed him. See, so you can tell God you want something that you think you need, but if that's not his plan, then there's no provision at the end of the rainbow. At the end of what you walk out that he tells you to do, there's no provision there because he didn't provide for it because it wasn't his plan. So tonight, to culminate what I've taught you, because we're finished, true prosperity starts, and, and, and based on our message tonight, True prosperity starts with learning to love those that appear to be your enemy. And then all the other things that it said. If I was sitting out here listening to this word tonight, I would have taken about four or five notes of scriptures that I'd go back and read for myself. I'm talking about like tonight or tomorrow. I'll go back and look at everything I preached anyway because I'll get God will speak revelation to me personally that way. But I'd write those notes down and remind myself of several things that the Holy Spirit showed me as the word was being preached. I'm telling you tonight, God wants you to understand that and the rest of what he said in Luke 6, 24 through 38. He wants you to understand that's a lifestyle and it will produce the harvest pressed down, shaken together and running over that comes to a person that sows financial seed. Because verse 38 is, has mainly to do, when you look at that passage in the lexicon Greek, that passage in verse 38 has to do with the financial world. So when we give, it, it, it's, it comes back to us in a lot of different ways. Give. Just do what God says because you've loved, you've loved those that appear to be your enemies. You've not judged. You've forgiven. You've done these things that he's instructing us to do in the passage of Scripture. And then you give, and notice what happens. You give because you've done this, and it comes back to you pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Why? That's the nature of God. There's always more than enough. It's not just enough. There's always more than enough. For anything and everything that we have. How many, how many believe that to excel is the nature of God? God wants you and I excelling. I mean, going through the roof and through the clouds and going higher and above, and, and, and above all the things in the natural that try to tell us their limitations. Write this verse down. 
Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3 and verse 20. To him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or think, I'm soaring, I'm excelling, I'm going through the, the roof, I'm going through the clouds, I'm going to a new height. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I can ask or think, according to what's working in me. To the power that is working on the inside of me to love those who appear to be my enemies, to forgive, to not judge, to do all the things that he talks about in those passages right there, and and all through the Bible. All the, that I just read you a few things. But this is a, listen, I mean, what else do you have to do? I mean, we're, we're not going anywhere. Everybody say, I'm not going anywhere. Okay, you're not going anywhere. Okay, so let's learn all that we need to learn about the word. Let's digest it. Let's download it all. Become doers of that so that when we give, We see an opportunity to help a person. We see something happening at the church and we sow seed into that thing. All of a sudden, the harvest comes back to be able to sow more, to receive more, to sow more, to receive more, to sow more. Why? Because we've been doing those things in the heart. Can you say amen?